0: Show hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, coming to you uh, once again from inside of my home with my guest, who is in her home. Uh, with me tonight is Rose Cora Purry and The Truth Untold. How are you doing, Rose?
1: I'm doing all right, considering the circumstances. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a little, you get a little stir-crazy being inside all the time, but hey, better safe than sorry, right?
0: very true, very true it's It's good to be able to be say that I will be able to be seen again when the, when the walls come down as opposed Indeed. to whatnot.
1: and here in Canada, where I'm from, believe it or not, despite the fact that it's in the middle of April, it was actually snowing today, so frankly, as any Canadian you know who knows anything about Canadian weather, I have zero interest in going outside right now.
0: <laughs> I don't blame you, I don't blame you. um well tell you what, why don't we jump into one of your songs? Uh, What are we going to let people hear first?
1: Uh, Let's have a listen to Easy Prey, which was actually the very first single off of our just released uh, debut EP, Other Side of the Story.
0: All right. This is Easy Prey. Okay, that was Easy Prey. My guest is Rose Cora Hurry and the, un, the the Truth Untold. Whew, good, didn't blow that one that time. Uh- <laughs> yes,
1: I know. It's, it's quite the complex name. <laughs> Believe it or not, it was actually inspired, though, by um, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, right? Because Joan Jett being the front woman and the songwriter and kind of the face that everybody identifies with, while she is a Blackheart and considers herself part of the band, I started out as a solo artist uh, before forming this band, and I remain the the sole songwriter. So we are the band. We are collectively known as the Truth Untold. But like Joan Jett, I'm trying to position myself as a front woman and the songwriter in the, the same kind of c- um, capacity. Hence the complex name.
0: <laughs> it 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 works. It works. I, cool. Definitely. That's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, let's get a little bit more into that. And uh, how did you how did how did you start? Tell tell us about your musical journey. How did you get to here?
1: Oh, man. Well, that's a long story, but I'll try and give you a synopsis of it. So uh, basically, uh, when I was very, very young, my parents first enrolled me in classical uh, vocal training. I studied for uh, about 14 years through the the conservatory, and I got my my grade seven in music and grade two in theory. Then uh, when I was a teenager... I discovered that, you know, rock and roll is a thing and hmm, maybe I should give that a try. And that happened because I was singing at a talent show and a girl that I'd gone to high school with had decided to play guitar and tried to recruit me into what became my very first band. And once I got a taste for rock and roll, it's fairly accurate to say that there was no going back. Uh, Because as much as I loved singing classical music and I loved learning about proper technique and music history and all those wonderful things, Rock and roll allows you to express yourself in a way that the constrictions of the written sheet music of classical don't allow. And the reason for that is because classical, as it's written, it already has the dynamics, you know, there for you. It tells you when you're supposed to crescendo and decrescendo, where in rock and roll, I mean, half of the performance is the attitude and the heart and the grit that you put into it let alone how you interpret and sing and express yourself and come up with an individual kind of vocal style. Um, so I guess rock and roll kind of captured my heart when I was a teenager, as, you know, any good teenager who is mosh pit- going to mosh pits and crowd surfing at clubs, it would happen. Uh, and then I formed another band following that that actually got signed to a major label. We toured for a couple of years, did some pretty cool stuff. But unfortunately, that band... Um, Did not end well. Uh, You know, that typical sex, drugs, rock and roll adage definitely plagued my fellow band members. And as I'm a proud straight edge, that's not really the mentality that I wanted to be around. So in 2016, I was on the brink of releasing my second solo album onto the floor, and I decided that I wanted to get a band back together. And this was the start of The Truth Untold. And the weird thing about when I formed this band is that I'd been a solo artist for, oh, man, probably almost 10 years at this point. So it'd been a long time since I'd been fronting a band and had that mentality and had that collaboration and kind of bandmate, team, family sort of feeling. Um, so I was working on a lot of solo material, and I wanted to have a band to do a different interpretation of the material live and have that energy and that rock and roll mentality again on stage, because I really, really missed it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the singer-songwriter thing is is good for some people, and hey, I, I got experience doing that, but it doesn't really suit me as a, as a person or a performer. So I formed The Truth Untold in 2016 to promote my then-solo album – Um, And we've been together ever since, touring all over the place, uh, primarily Canada and the States. Uh, And then just in uh, late 2019, we released our debut EP. And that features um, all original tracks except for one cover. And the cover is um, a rock and roll take on Adele's Rolling in the Deep (laughs) with nice distortion in it. Got to add that distortion in there for fun. Just do a different interpretation of that. And, um, you know, as I said, we've been touring and we've been together ever since. And the reason that we wanted to release the the EP is because we wanted to have music out there that reflected my songwriting, but also reflected the sound of the band. Because I'm sure you can appreciate being a solo artist for a long time. Now I'm back in a band. How I wrote my songs, they really changed and got reinterpreted in different ways live when I started collaborating with my fantastically talented drummer and co-founder of The Truth Untold,
0: Tyler Randall. Okay. I was going to get, going to get to that. I wanted to (laughs) to know who, uh, you know, the, the, the band was and, uh, that's great. So how long have you two been playing together now?
1: So since 2016. So, uh, believe it or not, he was the first and only drummer I needed to audition. Uh, it was kind of like this crazy kismet thing. Um, he responded to a Facebook post that I had looking for musicians to, to get together to support my, my tour that I was planning on. And, um, I asked him to just listen to a couple of my songs and we would try and jam them out in person. Well, (laughs) he had his own ideas in terms of how the music should be interpreted versus the recordings I'd done beforehand. But it was like he understood me musically on a level that I don't think I've ever had that same kind of connection with another musician he got, you know, how I play with dynamics and how I like the drums to enhance what I'm doing on the guitar and how, you know, I don't want to take away from the melodies because being a singer before anything else, I always want to emphasize the, the, uh, the melodies of my songwriting and put the focus on that while having the guitar and the drums being really rhythmically oriented. So we just, we jammed together, you know, for probably about an hour or so and he's really shy. He's a, he's a fairly soft-spoken dude. And like, I knew immediately, I'm like, damn it. I need this guy in my band. He's freaking phenomenal. He kind of, you know, played it cool for about a week, but I managed to convince him, and we've been together ever since.
0: Uh, that's great. That's great. So since, you, since he's you're obviously a member of the band and you were saying that you audition session drummer or session musicians for when you go tour and support you, what is that like? I mean, do you, I mean, do you often get people to come back for the next tour or do you have to like start from scratch and Oh, okay. uh,
1: yeah. Well, like? have a We have a couple session players that we kind of um rotate through depending on the uh the area that we're touring to, you know, just what makes the most logical sense. So what had happened is when we had originally formed the band, we did in fact recruit a bassist, but unfortunately, it just it wasn't a good fit for a variety of reasons. So we we ended up touring as a duo for probably about a year, uh, and then what ended up happening is one day we were playing um, a, fo- a festival locally. And we met this woman who was hired to do our sound, who is absolutely a phenomenal sound woman. We were blown away and she was really, really cool to, to, to work with and to deal with. So we ended up bringing her on tour with us as a duo um, just to minimize sound problems. You know, that's kind of one of the musician's uh, biggest fears in life, you know, being prepared and ready and, you know, um, really excited to take on a gig and then everything goes wrong sound wise and it's outside of your control and people think Mm -hmm. it's you when it's not. So We decided to hire her as our sound woman, bring her on tour with us. We ended up developing such a great relationship with her. I ended up teaching her how to play bass to join our band. Um, This wasn't a long-term plan, but it kind of gave us a bit of a transition period so we could change our arrangements from going to a duo uh, to being a three-piece, a proper three-piece, the way that we had intended to do. Then what ended up happening is following her departure because she got her dream gig doing live sound, which is awesome. We are so beyond proud of her. Um, we had a couple of friends that we had met, uh, you know, just in the music scene. Obviously, networking is a huge thing when it comes to being a musician. And we asked them if they'd be interested and kind of, you know, sent the material to them and had some jam sessions and had really, really great chemistry and just connection with a, a couple of these players. So as I said, you know, Kind of depending on where we're going and, and what the, the status is of the gig. You know, sometimes we do non-for-profit stuff. We play a lot of festivals. Sometimes it's venue gigs. Uh, we'll see who's available and who's interested and, and kind of, you know, work with a, a
0: variety of different people. That's cool. That's really cool. So along along besides the music, you also have done some really amazing uh, music videos. Really impressed by them. Uh, can yeah. you talk a little bit about the the, the, the you know, the the inspiration for them, the story idea behind them and where that comes from?
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm a diehard 90s kid. I grew up in that era where, you know, watching much music and MTV when it was actually about music was a really, really cool era. And I mean, I remember just being so taken by a lot of the music videos and kind of the whole art of making a music video and and just the thought that people put into it in that era And while, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a band just wanting to look hardcore, rocking out in a garage or dilapidated building and, you know, some cool camera angles and that's the whole music video, that's fine. That's a style in itself. I guess something that's always been really, really important to me as a songwriter is to also be a storyteller. And music videos really allow you to connect with your audience in a deeper, more meaningful way because they might like the music and, you know, they like the sound of it. They like your voice. They like the melody. That's all really, really cool. But are they actually paying attention to the lyrics, to the story, to what inspired the song? So I take music videos as an opportunity to really kind of get at the guts of what inspired the song and talk about the backstory. So for the song Easy Pray, I wrote that when I was feeling kind of really upset by what I was seeing in the media and, you know, what was going on in terms of just, uh, you know, I, for for lack of a better word, it, it seemed like propaganda was being shoved down people's throats. And there was a lot of misinformation. And especially with the rise of social media, there's even websites that are devoted to creating fake news. And unfortunately, oftentimes it's really, really difficult to know the difference between a legitimate website and a site that is just, you know, <laughs> curated by some 15-year-old kid in their basement who thinks it's hysterical to fake celebrity deaths.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean,
1: mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of the era that we're living in. So, the song Easy Prey is all about not losing your sense of objectivity and not buying into, you know, the lies that are necessarily being spoon fed to us and kind of thinking for yourself, don't be easy prey. That's what the chorus says. So what I did with that inspiration of the lyrics is from a video stance, I turned it into a story about two people who become so encapsulated with their online virtual reality that they're completely ignorant of what's going on in the real world and they end up getting kidnapped because of it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was great. I thought it was well shot and, and everything.
1: Thank you. So, it, it's a fun thing. <laughs> it's a fun oh, thing to do, but it's it's very time consuming. Oh, you know, oh, yeah. R- writing a script to hiring actors to you know doing all the shots and the editing, It's it's a lot of work for sure.
0: Well, you know, for it to turn out that good, I, I would expect it to, to be a lot of a lot of work, you know what I'm saying, as opposed to something thrown together. And it's it's very high production, and you can tell that just by the way that it looks.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and I will pass on your kind words to our videographer as well.
0: <laughs> oh, perfect. Absolutely. Hey, um, here's something for you. Now, think about this. Take a moment if you need to. Think. What was the first record, CD, cassette, I don't care what it was. That you purchased with your own money.
1: That's always a tough question. This is this is having to go back into the crevices of my mind, and it wouldn't have been a CD; it would have been a cassette. Uh, <laughs> as I said, I'm a '90s kid. Yep, yep. Um, very first cassette I ever purchased. Hmm. You know, it was probably Aerosmith. Get a grip.
0: Okay, so the whole album, or was it a single?
1: No, 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 it would have been the whole album.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, yeah.
1: Aerosmith had some great bangers in the nineties. I mean, they really, really did. I know that die-hard Aerosmith fans might disagree,
0: thinking oh, that no. Ooh, the rock totally era
1: was superior. But the Get a Grip album, I still think rocks front to back. Eat the rich, living on the edge, like those are great, solid tunes.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I saw them many times during that era. I, I tell I tell all those people that are the older heads that, that like that, I go, this was the second coming of Aerosmith, okay? They they proved oh. to people they didn't go away.
1: 100%. And I mean, the thing is, is that I had heard the the other tunes, you know, obviously, Dream On, Walk This Way, you know, Kings and Queens, those classics that, you know, will, will stand the test of time. But the 90s era of, of Aerosmith really opened up the doors to somebody like me who was growing up to have a whole new appreciation for this band because... They were so genius with how they evolved their sound musically to really fit what was going on at the time and stay relevant, but still maintain, you know, what made them so great.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of great songs, why don't we uh, take a listen to another song? What are we going to hear?
1: Well, the next one you're going to hear is our latest single. It's called For What It's Worth. And this is all about uh, talking about relationships and interesting dynamics and relationships, kind of that give and take. It's like, well, how much should I put into this relationship if it's not mutual? And if it's not mutual, is there a sense of respect? Why am I giving my heart to somebody if it's not reciprocal in the same capacity? So that's what that song discusses. And it's our latest single off of our brand new EP, Other Side of the Story
0: excellent excellent okay well let's take a listen everybody
2: i miss the sound of your voice your kiss your embrace your touch your laugh, your everything why make me want you when you won't let yourself be true i miss seeing your number come up on my phone getting done up when i know we'll be alone Why do you hurt me when you know that I'm perfect for you?
0: These real quick. <laughs> I gotta laugh now. I'm thinking about it. Uh I gotta tell you, uh all right, I love that song. That was just just great. So, thank you.
1: That one is inspired by lyrically, it's inspired by personal relationships and personal experiences. Um musically, something interesting that I try to do with my songwriting is I'll pay homages to different artists that have inspired me, you know, kind of across the board, across genres and across eras. Uh, And there's a bunch of different homages in there. Some are subtle, some are not so subtle. Are you able to hear any of them?
0: Uh, I think I heard some of them, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I'm I'm always bad at guessing those things, to be quite honest with you. Well, why don't you you lay some of them on us?
1: Sure. So the beginning harmonics are actually a homage to the original For What It's Worth song by Buffalo Springfield. Love that song. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. the bridge is an homage to Tegan and Sarah, and then the drum pattern during the verses is an homage to an old early Foo Fighter song called Ecstatic.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. I'm sure there are people out there that picked up on that and know that. I, I, that's that's not who I am, unfortunately. Sometimes, <laughs> just, just well,
1: I mean. The thing is, is like, if you hear it, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool too. But I always give credit, you know, to all the artists that have inspired me as well in my liner notes, because I want to pay homage to all the great musicians who have come before me and inspired me to be the artist that I am today.
0: Absolutely. Totally understand that. So let's get to the elephant in the room. Okay. Besides not being able to go out someplace safe and take a walk in your neighborhood, how have you been handling this lockdown? Well,
1: been- as as a Canadian, we can't even come into the States right now. And as, you know, a good portion of our touring is in the States. It doesn't look like we're going to tour at all, which really sucks. I think this year, to be honest, is kind of a wash for, for musicians. I think even though right now things are only being canceled into June and July and people are postponing things into the fall, Mark my words, I think the whole year is just going to be canceled.
0: Yeah, it's looking that way more and more. Have you uh, have you guys uh, messed around with any, uh, any virtual streaming type shows or anything for yourselves? Like See,
1: and what I just brought up what I think is kind of a contentious issue. So I am 100% all about people wanting to maintain contact and connection with their fans in, you know, a really, really personal way. And I get that a live streaming concert could offer that. However, at the same time, when you're a professional musician and most of the time you're getting paid, you know, by a promoter or the person putting on the the venue to perform, going out there and having to prepare a whole set to do live stream for free, it's not really fair to you as a professional musician. And I just kind of feel like it's yet another way that the internet is expecting us to put more and more art out there for free. Like if illegal downloading was bad enough, Then we have streaming, which hardly pays anything and is basically not worth your time. Now we have live streaming where we're supposed to give concerts away for free. Like the reality is, as much as, you know, we appreciate fans and and people, you know, being excited about our music and wanting to see us at the same time, we can't keep making that music and we can't keep going on tour if everything we give away is free.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't talking about, about free or anything else like that. So several artists that uh, we've interviewed in the past who are doing that, okay, they they have people either donating you know, money to them through Cash App or Vemo or the one group, um, Soraya, they actually did a thing on Stage at Live where people had to purchase, purchase online tickets and then okay. be able to view the show. So, yeah, I, I'm not about giving stuff away for free. I mean, if you want to do that, that's fine. But no, sure. not a concert for free. Never, ever, ever. No, no, it shouldn't be that way at all. I totally agree with you.
1: Right, and you know, perhaps it's a difference between what's going on in the states and Canada too, right? Because I can only speak to what I've seen. But the the performers that I know within my social circle, personally, they've all been either doing a whole live stream concert for free trying to get a government grant to do one, or they've been raising money for, you know, some other cause. And Hey, you know, I am 100% all about donating, you know, my time and money to other causes as well. You know, something that I do on an annual basis, for example, is I'm the MC for uh, the defeat depression campaign in my hometown. And I'm an integral part of that movement. And that's something really, really important to me. And I don't, I don't get paid for that. I do that because I believe in the cause. So I'm, I'm, okay and totally supportive of people wanting to do that. I guess I just worry about live music being further devalued by, you know, live streaming kind of getting really, really promoted heavily because we're already in a situation where concert attendance is lower than has been historically in the past. Venues and festivals continue to shrink on an annual basis, making even more competition for fewer places to play People are bitching about ticket prices being higher, yet, ironically, won't purchase artists' merchandise or buy their music. So, what do you expect? And I just don't want this to be yet another thing, Mm -hmm. contributing to people not supporting musicians in a real way. And I mean, like, I I say this as somebody who has happily bought, you know, the albums of my favorite bands like five times because they won't play anymore. So, I just want people to keep in mind hey, it's great that you want to support and see your artists live. Well, we can't actually physically go to venues, but please don't expect it for free. That's all I'm trying to say because that's doing a disservice to the value that they're offering you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. I always think that, you know, we, we at Unclaimed Bands, the entire team, we push for the whole idea of. Buy the merchandise, buy the CDs, go out and see the bands live. That's the best way to see music and experience music. Internet's fine here and there, dribs and drabs. Maybe you're not sure, whatever. But if you like them, gosh darn it, get out there and see them. And and uh, you know, you discover, and you might even, and you might while you're watching that band that you like, you might discover another band you would never have known about. And, and like. The,
1: Totally. And I mean, the the live streaming experience too, it's not the same kind of experience, right? And I I say that from both a musicianship as well as an audience stance. Looking at somebody through a screen, you can't feel the emotion and feel the music in the same way you can when you're standing in front of them and having that whole sonic experience and and having people around you that are swaying together.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Everybody is just, So emotional and connected through that experience of music and I mean it's such a beautiful thing I wouldn't want to ever deprive myself of that as an audience member and you know as a musician there's obviously a huge difference between getting up on stage and seeing a sea of people and having these spotlights and you know being up there with my bandmates versus setting up you know a webcam or my cell phone in my living room and trying to play to that like come on, obviously, I'm not going to get the same level of fulfillment out of, you know, playing to a device as opposed to playing in front of people that I can see responding to my music.
0: True. Very true. Very, very true. I totally agree with you. So, hey, before before we wrap everything up here, is there something you want to say to your fans out there and your future fans?
1: Well, I say this to all music fans in general, um, especially in a time like this where live music is is definitely being deprived of us uh, and we have to kind of turn to alternative means to stay connected and stay in touch, please, 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 I urge you, if you really do want to see your favorite musicians in person in, in the future, you really do need to, to buy their merchandise or donate to them so that they have the proceeds to be able to give you that experience in person going forward. It's so, so very important. And I mean, if music does something to you on an emotional level, it's something that strikes a chord in you, figuratively and literally, and it, just, it, it makes you feel great, and there's songs that you love, those songs are worth something, and so is the musician that provided that music to you.
0: Absolutely. And with that, where can people go to find out about your band and future touring and your merchandise and your CDs? What's the best places for people to go?
1: So if they go to my main website, which is just my name, Rose, like the flower, R-O-S-E, Cora, C-O-R-A, Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, like Joe Perry from Merrill dot com. Uh, they can find all of my social media links, uh, but we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that great stuff. But it's easiest just to go to that one central place and then you can find all of the links from there. And I'm always happy to hear from people, to have a musical debate. We can talk about the merits and demerits of live streaming if you should wish. <laughs> just really, really appreciate uh, you giving me this opportunity to to chat music with you. And and thank you. We We appreciate the promo.
0: Oh, oh, it's my, my pleasure to have you here. And uh, everybody, now that you, now you know where to go, as soon as this podcast is over, open up another browser window on your phone, your iPad, your tablet, your Android, whatever, and then uh, go to the site, go to the different uh, – go to Facebook, go to all the media, sign up for stuff, and keep an eye out for when we're out of this uh, this lockdown and, and Rose is out there performing again, and then go see her, okay, and go see – Everybody, don't even come home for like a week. We've all been <laughs> locked inside too much, okay? Sleep on the street. It's call, called it urban camping. I don't care, all right? Just get out, people. Um, Rose, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to do this. I, I do greatly appreciate it. And um, everybody, my guest has been Rose Cora Perry and The Truth Untold. Uh, make sure you, like I said, I can't stress this enough. Make sure you go out and uh, get online. Go out and see her when she plays. Buy her stuff. And, you know, and I bet you, I bet you at a venue, if they buy something, you'd sign it, right? Heck, yeah. Yeah, see, so get an autograph. That way, later on, when you can, you can't get that close to her because of her security and everything, okay? You'll go, <laughs> yeah, I had her signature back then, and she personalized it, okay? <laughs> well, one can only dream, right? <laughs> well, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know what? Do it for all the friends. You can go, ha uh-huh, look what I got, okay? I mean, let that be your motivation if it has to be, people. Rose. Thank you. Okay, no, you have a good night, and stay
1: safe. You too, and and have a good one, and keep on rocking, and stay happy, and stay healthy.
0: Thank you. All right, everybody, till so, so next time. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of the man. its parent company, or a